The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that in the mid-80s they sold a wildly popular armadillo-scented shampoo? Unfortunately, the company that sold it was sued into oblivion. It turns out that armadillos trademarked their scent, and everyone knows that armadillos will sue you for, like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) They are very litigious. They love going to court. That's right. (laughs) So really, that's two armadillo facts. Yeah. For more Armadillo Facts, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early and see our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 20 through 24 of Crossroads of Twilight, book 10 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Egwene spends a lot of time walking and thinking. She walks to the river near Tarvalon and then walks back to camp. She walks around camp a little bit. It's really gripping stuff, to be honest. Uh, unfortunately, her walk thinking keeps getting interrupted by all these Aes Sedai wanting shit. Also, she's got a really irritating headache. But after some arguing with her secret enclave of supporters, she decides to open negotiations with Elida. And after some shouting and brawling, the rebels decide to propose an alliance with the Black Tower. Will this advance the plot in some meaningful way? God, I sure hope so. We're dying here. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's right. That that could be the, the... Tagline of this whole season of our podcast: We're dying here. <laughs> <laughs> Will this advance the plot, please? Yeah. <laughs> Chapter twenty: Into the night, icon of the ring. So the cities are still fighting. Uh, and yeah. It's been what a week now. I don't know. They argue. It's it's been forever, right? Time is a wheel, <laughs> and this this has been an eternity. <laughs> they they argue for a while. They don't really make any decisions. Um, Egwene finally goes to bed. And yeah, uh, she goes. She she thinks about how her headache is gone, and it's super weird that she has uh, dark dreams every time Halima gives her a massage. By the way, like she mentions, yeah. oh my headache's gone, and uh, but I guess that means Halima won't give me a massage, which means I'll actually not have evil dreams I don't remember. Even though I usually remember dreams, it's super weird. It's probably nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. So she goes to Teleran Riyadh and meets with Avienda. Uh, she leaves a message for Elaine, but Avienda comes instead because Elaine is too pregnant to dreamwalk. Yeah, uh, interesting. And and I guess so. Egwene knows that Elaine is pregnant, but she doesn't know about this whole sister wife situation. I suppose. I think so. Yeah, she doesn't know that. That's you know personal business. I guess it's yeah. I mean, I guess it's none of her business, right? Like she has no. She's the Amarlin seat. She doesn't need to be known about their personal life. Yeah. And she warns Avienda about the delegation that the, what do we call them now? The rebels? Yeah. So the, the rebel Aes Sedai are probably going to send to the Black Tower because this means there'll be more Aes Sedai in Camelon and stuff. And they're trying, they're trying to keep Aes Sedai out of Camelon because they don't want the two things, I think. They don't want them to know about the circle and they don't want them to know about the deal with the, uh, the sea folk. And they're right. afraid Aes Sedai and, and Camelon will suss out one of those two things. Yeah. And they're keeping that a secret. Dot, dot, dot. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, be, well, I think the, the I think both of them represent decisions that Egwene made that are going to be very unpopular with her, uh, her people. Hmm. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Or yeah. not. Um, or not. Uh, they talk about the beacon, because of course... That's what we talk about. This is book should have been called The Beacon the and Beacon. the responses to it. Yeah. Yeah. But Avienda does not tell Egwene about Rand being there at the Beacon and it probably being a good thing. I mean, I guess they don't know. They do know that Rand is there, but they don't, I guess they don't know that it, well, they, they, they suspect that Rand did it, right? But they don't know that. Yeah, they don't do know that. for sure, but it, it, it's valuable information that the Dragon Reborn was there at the Beacon and he survived. Yeah. And now he's true. fine. Oh, it's interesting how Egwene has really isolated herself from all these women who she considered friends. Like, because at the time when, like, she sent Nynaeve away and Elaine, we were like, are you crazy? Don't send away. You're you're in an incredibly precarious position. Don't send away your allies. 
Um, and she still seems to be super isolated. And I wonder if maybe she had had her friends around, maybe she wouldn't be being possessed, basically. Right. Now, yeah. Maybe right? maybe one of the people she trusts could say, there's just something not quite right with that Halima person. I suspect anybody should be able to see because Sherriam's being suspicious as fuck too. Mm -hmm. I suspect that any of the male channelers would be able to see what Halima's doing because she's doing it with Sidin, right? Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the only reason nobody's detecting it, right? So then Egwene goes and capital D dreams some, which is, yeah, I, 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 it's it's interesting because she can do the like she she we know that she has the the dreaming where she can have has what prophetic or whatever dreams yeah not necessarily prophetic sometimes they're things that are happening right now but either way yeah they're magic dreams but she can like I guess flip through them like a channel like she's channel surfing or something right yeah this is pretty sweet I would do this all the time if I could me too this would be so cool you know controlling your dreams like this oh nifty yeah. I mean, theoretically, you can do lucid dreaming if you learn how to do it. It was a fun callback because he hasn't talked about Teleran Riyadh in a few books, but there were a few books where he was like all about that, he being yep. Robert Jordan. So it's fun to come back to it. Yeah. Yep. And, I, so, and I always enjoy Egwene's dreams, her her magic dreams, you know? Yeah. Maybe not her sex dreams. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're I mean, they're fine. Her, her, her sex dreams are a little tame for me as well, you know? <laughs> that's true i mean it's hot stuff for an emmons fielder <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my right. an ankle <laughs> <laughs> right. those shoes aren't stout at all <laughs> <laughs> the women's circle would have you birched for saying that <laughs> <laughs> so the first dream is about matt bowling on the green of emmons field at and he's bowling at live people and knocking them down and i actually think i know exactly what this means I think so too, because uh, she, she mentions the the illuminators, right? So what do yeah. you think? I think this is. I think Matt is going to invent cannons, right? That that's what he needs with a bell founder. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's that's what Eludra is getting at, because she she makes gunpowder, and I think that the ball rolling across the field and smashing down groups of men, I think that's cannons. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I thought it was going to be more metaphorical than that, but yeah, that makes sense. But she also mentions no, that she's not sure. This is a dream, not a metaphor. <laughs> well, <laughs> she mentions that it's not necessary. She's not sure if it's this reality or another one. So it could also be that in another version of this world, Matt's already figured this stupid puzzle out because you know <laughs> our Matt true. is not great at solving riddles. Sure, yeah, yeah. The, the the pattern is like okay, Matt still hasn't figured it out. Let's let's send some dreams or something. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a, a metaphor for artillery or something like that. Yeah. And then Egwene is climbing a cliff and she almost falls, but then she is saved by a Shanshan woman with a sword. Yeah. And, and she's not super stoked about that, which after her whole torture porn arc, I kind of understand why she wouldn't be about anything to do with a Shanshan. Yeah, totally. But we haven't met a Shanshan with a sword over her shoulder like that, right? Um, well, maybe the sword over the shoulder isn't that important. I was thinking maybe it was Aganon, right? Because it's a... It well, it's got to be Aganon or Tuan, right? Those are the only Shanchen women we really know. Correct? That's no, true. No, I mean, like, there's High Lords. High Lord Suroth, who is a dark Suroth, that's true. Um, and then there's all the... We've met several of the... Um, Soldom. Soldom. Yeah, we met several Soldoms, so I guess it could be one of them. But yeah, again, it seems like the most likely person to me, but I, I wasn't sure if the sword was supposed to be a an indicator that we'll come across. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll find out. Yeah. And then she climbs to the top of a symbolic white tower, and there's a symbolic flame atop the symbolic white tower, and then some Shanshan birds uh, attack it and spread the flame all out to, into little patches. Yeah, so that indicates the... Sh- the Shanshan are going to attack the tower, which, you know, honestly, good. I mean, yeah. the tower the tower needs it, you know? Not that I'm mm-hmm. not that I'm a, a fan of the Shanshan or anything. Like, I'm not a Shan fan. But uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm not a fan of the tower either. So if they're butting heads against each other, I'm cool with that. Well, not a lightest yeah. tower for sure. Right, right. Then uh, Egwene wakes up and she finds that Halima was off doing something mysterious in the middle of the night. Yeah, comes in late, and uh, immediately after that, we learn that Anaya and her warder were killed by Sidon in the night. I mean, yes. I'm not sure why we're saying those things together, 
they're probably unrelated. <laughs> Uh, but total coincidence yeah. yeah sure is a good thing halima wasn't in the wrong place and she didn't get killed with that side in yeah right. thank god she was probably off having sex with some dude because that's definitely what she was doing yeah <laughs> right definitely yeah and that halima yeah then Egwene tasks nisao who is just one of the Aes Sedai, to investigate this whoever killed these people with side in which hopefully yeah. nisao will solve this crime quickly yeah, I, this this is a this is a tough one. I I mean, it's really obvious to us, but I can understand why they would not suspect Halima of any of this because uh, they have no reason not to to think that uh, a woman can use sudden right. Like that's 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 like to them that would be like a fantasy or something, you know, impossible. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. You're you're probably right, and clearly the Robert Jordan agrees with you, but. Egwene knows that a, a powerful channeler can invert the flows and make them invisible, right? That and is like, true. A powerful channeler can hide their ability to channel because Mogedian did that. Mm-hmm. And she should be able to just put together the, the amazing coincidences of the things that happen in Halima's actions. Even if she doesn't know it's sight in specifically, she could figure out that this person is not right. Mm-hmm. Which is why I kind of suspect that Halima is actually doing something to her brain, like a, some sort of manipulation or or nudging or whatever, you know? Yeah. So chapter 21, a mark, icon of the black Asha. Alviarin travels, sorry, travels back to the <laughs> yes. White Tower from Tremalking, apparently. Yeah. I know, I'm so disappointed we didn't get to learn anything about that, though. It's like, yeah. come on, Tremalking, that sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be all sorts of cool stuff. And like on top of what was already there, Alviarin was apparently doing some dark deeds out there that would horrify the people that learned of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tremalking is also where the, one of the Sa'angriol, the giant Sa'angriol is, right? It's in, mm-hmm. it's one of the places yeah. where the, yeah. the giant statues are. So it could be related to that or anything really. Yeah. But that answers a question because we weren't sure when people traveled, if they could do it across oceans, but now we know. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I suppose they can. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Egwene was all worried about the tower learning to travel. I had completely forgotten that, that Alviarin learned how to do this. Not that she's going to share it with anyone else, considering where she picked it up. You know, she can't. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how'd you learn how to do this? Well, uh, <laughs> you see the Forsaken. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So My old friend Shmasana taught me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, you know, she's not going to be sharing it around, but uh, I guess there's already an avenue for the White Tower to pick up traveling somehow. Yeah. But apparently, as this is a side note, the wardings are failing in the White Tower too, because it used to be warded against rats and stuff. Yeah. But those are failing there. So it's probably not sabotage that's causing that to happen in the rebel camp and here. Well, I don't know. I mean, they have a Forsaken there, right? So, you know, I mean, Masana could have been doing something with that, possibly. Maybe. Right? Yeah. It seems kind of like small potatoes for her to be worrying about something like that, though. So maybe not. Maybe it's just yeah. the Dark One's influence is causing certain things to like not be as tough. Right. And uh, so Alviarn thinks a bit about how frustrated she is with her boss, Masana. Yeah, it sucks to be... It sucks to work for the Forsaken. It's what it comes down to, it right? It really does. And speaking of things that suck, she <laughs> gateways back into the math library. The library where they keep all the math books because uh-huh. math sucks so much that no one ever goes in that library. So it's safe. Am, that's, like, that was pretty lame, right? I don't like, know. Come on. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's fucking dark age losers. <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> math is incredibly useful, and I think I would think it's at, at least some of the brown Aja would see that. I find it a little preposterous that none of the I said I are like math is, you know, I mean, engineering, right? Like all kinds yeah, of cool right? stuff comes out of math. I mean, I, I can see that you might you might lack respect for uh, math and engineering if you, you know, could channel the power of the divine through your mind to get whatever you want. But still, like that's I thought that was a bit of a slap by Robert Jordan at the. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, we get it, Robert personal, Jordan. You hate right? math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the smallest library, and it's covered in dust because it sucks, and no one ever goes there. <laughs> <laughs> she uses it because, like, she knows nobody's. A- I'm not going to run into anyone in the math library. 
Yeah. It's fucking nerds or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Not even the brown Aja will go in there because it sucks so much. <laughs> yeah. I was a little bit offended personally, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, on... she's been gone for a month, which like uh, we we know that a lot has happened in the last month. So she's got some bad news coming. <laughs> yeah, she totally does. And uh, she she kind of storms back into Elida's chambers, but she doesn't know that Elida is back in charge and, and mm-hmm. Alviarin is no longer the keeper. She, it's been appointed to someone else yeah. because the arrival of the rebels has overturned the apple cart and Alviarin's blackmail is no longer useful. Yeah, it's funny. When, when uh, Alviarin storms in, Elida smiles at her and I was like, if Elida is in a good mood, that means everyone else is fucked. You know, <laughs> <laughs> anything that puts Elida in a good mood is bad news for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And as much as I hate Elida, I found this kind of satisfying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Alviarin is... Alviarin cut down. Mm-hmm. Alviarin is Black Aja. It's okay to, like, side with Elida over Alviarin, even if they both suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> True. I would take Elida over Alviarin. Yeah. But it's interesting. So She's meeting with the sitters, right? Yeah. And uh, they've deci- They've also decided to negotiate. They're 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 going for it. Right. But of course, Elida's terms are almost as hard or maybe more harsh than Egwene's terms. I, I was actually thinking that Elida's terms are definitely worse than Egwene's because Egwene's only harm Elida and Elida's yes. es- essentially harm an entire, like the entire Aja and a whole bunch of like additional like senior Aes Sedai, right? Yeah. So between the two, if you're talking negotiations, it seems pretty clear that uh, Egwene's terms are more acceptable to Elida's people than Elida's terms are to Egwene's people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was curious, why is Elida so against the blues? Because you'd think she'd be against the green since Egwene calls herself a green. Because uh, of Swan Sanche. Just because of Swan Sanche? Okay. And I, and I guess Moraine. Yeah, yeah, them too. Like, she just hates them both a whole lot. Okay. And she, she blames them for, like, uh, helping Rand elude her clutches and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. remember, she had that crazy foretelling about how Rand is at the center of everything and the bloodline of Andor, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm. And I think also she doesn't care about Egwene. Like, as far as Elida is concerned, Egwene is just a puppet. Like, she doesn't, I don't think she knows that Egwene is running the show. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, as far as Elida is concerned, it's the, it's like Sheriam and, and those other folks. She doesn't actually know Swan's alive, right? Yes, I think she does not know that. Yeah. So Elida is super angry at Alviarin because, of mm. course, she would be. Uh-huh. And she basically tells her, well, I'm just going to basically torture you a whole lot like you tortured me, and then we're going to have you beheaded. That's what's going to happen. Well, she she doesn't say that she's going to be beheaded, but she does imply that it's on the on the table because she says something yeah. like, she calls she her treason. like... Treason. Treason, right, exactly. Uh, so essentially... Alviarin's going to have a bad time, but like up to this moment, Alviarin was thinking to herself how Masana specifically said, you are not to be discovered. So, I mean, <laughs> it seems likely that Alviarin's not going to live long enough for the headsman's block, you know? True. Yeah. So she flees Elida and she's completely freaking out because she's, she thinks that Elida was implying that she was Black Aja, which freaks her out because she is. Yeah. And she uses her like, uh, magic paging system from the Age of Legends to page Masana. <laughs> yeah, the Age of Legends apparently was approximately in our 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> and Masana shows up and basically says, filed under not my problem. <laughs> I, I mean, like, honestly, that's better than I thought. Like, when when, Ma- when she did this, I was like, Masana's going to just kill you for calling her. The, this is not an emergency for Masana. This is an emergency for you. So Yeah, you're like, about to get she vaporized. Wasn't- yeah, yeah. So the fact that she was just like, eh, whatever, uh, was better than I expected. <laughs> but but then the meeting with Masana goes sideways again because Shaidar Haran shows up. Yeah, the Mega Mirdral, uh, and then shit gets real spooky. <laughs> yeah, and and it was cool because like, yeah, it was really neat. Masana has got this incredibly intimidating presence with all this magic stuff that freaks everybody out and conceals her identity. And it just goes away when Shadar Haran shows up and she's just a woman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somebody because that, Haran has that power. Yeah. Yeah. He blocks. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Alviran mentions that she attempts to channel and can't. So it's like, 
he he somehow it it I don't know, he whatever somehow blocks channeling uh in the room and uh yeah it's it's interesting because this is the first time that Alviarn actually sees who Masana is uh, disguised as yeah. and and she she recognizes her but not not by name and it's I guess it's not an Aes Sedai because because uh, uh she would have recognized an Aes Sedai right. Yeah, almost certainly. So I w- I'm thinking maybe an accepted. Accepted, yeah. Oh, that's a good thought. I was thinking just like a servant of some kind, except she's too well dressed for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't. We still don't know who it is, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, and Shadow Haran. This is unrelated to Alviar, and he's just angry because Masana did not come when called, and begins to and like burns off her clothes and begins to torture her, and is kind of like. And then says to Alviar and like touches her on the forehead. It's like, you are marked now, blah, 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 blah. Here's your orders. And tells her to go find the black Aja hunters, which Elida has sent after the her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, like, I, I feel like she's not going to do super well with that. Like, I feel like the black Aja hunters are well, well within their abilities to take care of her, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. She does have a pretty good lead, right? She mentions, oh, Talene was acting really weird and looking at two of the people who are Black Aja hunters. And I know Talene's a Black Aja is what uh, Alviaran's thinking. So I guess mm. she's already off to a, she's already got a lead on it. Is, Talene is the Black Aja that got caught, right? And they made her swear? That's right, yeah. Uh, so she's Black Aja technically, but she is not Black Aja because she now is under the thumb of... She's, uh, <laughs> she's double Black Aja. <laughs> Yeah, Pavara and uh, Siane, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was Shaidar Haran, I wouldn't necessarily do anything magical when I touched her forehead. I would just like, you know, touch her forehead and say, now I put the dog mark on you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it freaks people out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's not like she's going to know, right? Yeah. And she, she runs out of there like a bat out of hell. And I was curious because like she's running along and she gets to the top of the stairs and she stops. But she like has an image of herself falling down the stairs and hurting herself really badly. I did not understand that. I Maybe she's just freaking out and having like, uh, you know, traumatic visions. Or maybe. maybe this is maybe this is the dark. Well, I keep saying the dark mark, but that's a different thing. Maybe this is the 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 dark one's mark that he put on her in her brain or something. Maybe it's going to just cause her to have horrible visions. Maybe. But did any of you feel, did you guys feel like all of a sudden the books went from zero to like 11 real, real fast, just in yes. terms of what was going <laughs> yeah. on? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's like nothing, like, nothing, oh. nothing, baths, a bunch of Aes Sedai, organizational bullshit, and thinking about organizations, the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. Yeah, that, this was a fun chapter. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was, it was right? Yeah. I mean, say what you want about Shadar Haran. Dude knows how to make things interesting. That's right. That's he brings the drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is, I mean, this is like lesson 500 or something of how much it sucks to be a dark friend, but maybe lesson two or three of how much it sucks to be a forsaken too. That's right. Apparently. Like all she did was skip one meeting and she gets like ball gagged and tortured by the, the most evil murder all in the world. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 uh, I gotta say, like the Forsaken appear to have a pretty sweet, sweet deal most of the time. But if like ten percent of the time it involves you being like set on fire and uh, tortured by a giant mirror draw, maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So chapter twenty-two, one answer, icon of the Tar of Alon flame. Uh, Pavara is there. Speaking of Pavara. Yeah. And she's being visited by Tarna Fair. And she's appropriately cautious because, you know, it's like a weird thing to do, I guess. Yeah. And Tarna Fair has made her way back to Tarvalon and has been completely freaked out by the Ashaman training or recruiting parties that she's been seeing along the way. And she's decided that they have to go bond all the Ashaman and the Red Aja specifically. And she's brought this up to Bavara because Bavara is like, I guess, what did she say? She says, like, you're kind of out there for a red Aja. Unconventional, I think, is what she says. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, is it's a little bit backhanded, I thought, Tarna. Yeah. Tarna <laughs> approaches her and she's like, hey, you're a red Aja, but you thought about having a warder once. And Bavara's like, maybe? Did I even say that? Maybe I said that. I don't know. And she's like, yeah. so let's talk yeah. about bonding the Black, <laughs> the, the black Tower. <laughs> right. 
But Pavara has gotten a letter from Tovain Ghazal, yeah. who is that that Red Aja who got uh, wife bonded or whatever we call it by Loghain. That's right. So I guess she knows what's up with that. Um, and she shows it to Tarna and that's what happens. So whatever yeah. that initiative is going to go is go- has to take that into account. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is a bad idea. I mean, bonding the Ashaman is probably like a way for the White Tower to have some sort of like influence over them. It just, I was really yeah. surprised to hear this from a red, uh, the red Aja though, you know? Yeah, right. I guess not all reds are stupid. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's not go. Let's go crazy here. I think the <laughs> yeah. red are pretty stupid. I thought it was a bad idea because if I'm an Ashaman and an Aes Sedai comes up to me and says, "How about I make you my mind slave?" I I would you know they would Pop that Aes Sedai like would be lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Aes Sedai would be lucky to walk away. Right. That that an extremely threatening thing for them to do. But the Aes Sedai don't, don't do see that. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. They just bond you without asking, remember? Oh, yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. Hmm. So chapter 23, Ornaments, Icon of the Dragon. Uh, it's Catswain, who is hiding out with Rand at Catswain's, like, friend's little hideaway estate. Near Tyr, right? Yeah, near Tyr. And Viren is there, being suspicious. Oh, Viren. She's still my favorite. She is my favorite Aes Sedai. Yeah, she's pretty good. She's got to be Black Asha, though, right? Everybody's I favorite. Mean, do you, wait, you think Viren's Black Asha? Well, like, at this point, if she's still acting shady, which she still is, that's kind of, you right? You got to... I just feel like... I just feel like... I feel like Viren's... Viren's, like, the sleeper. She's got her own scheme and her own plan. I, I really do think she's trying to help Rand. She just has her own way of doing it. And, and you know... Between Viren and Cad Swain, they both, I, I believe they both intend to help Rand in their own way. It's just a question of whether those ways are uh, actually helpful or not. But I think that Viren's trying to help, you know? Didn't in, didn't we decide that Viren was the one who made all of those Aes Sedai swear fealty to Rand? Yeah, using evil mind magic. <laughs> no, she, I, I feel like I feel like Viren's whole deal is like ends justify the means kind of thing, you know? Like... <laughs> Look, I just think if Varen is Black Aja, she's only doing it for, like, logical reasons. She's not a demon. She's, like, interested in it or something. I don't sure. know. <laughs> maybe maybe she, if Varen's Black Aja, the Black Aja ain't all bad. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she's, like, Black Aja. She's like, well, somebody's got to write a book about the Black Aja, you know? So I guess it'll be <laughs> it's, me. It's true. <laughs> so Cat Swain makes her way over to Rand and thinks and talks about some stuff. But on the way... They observe Lan training with some Ashaman and just beating the crap out of them. Because what are they thinking? You, what's training against Lan? It's like punching a brick wall. I mean, that's that's what Rand did, right? So you know, if they want to get uh, if they want to get good, that's how you do it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so Catswain and her pals, they aren't sure the cleansing worked yet. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I guess I don't know that either. Like, I assume that Rand did it because he did all that crazy magic shit. But, I, I mean, there's nothing telling us that this that for sure he was successful, right? Yeah, I was wondering about this because I, I think he was successful. I did too, yeah. But how would, you know, these people have grown up in a world where Sidon has been evil for 3,000 years. So it's going to be really hard for them to accept that it's not. Yeah, and and the only people who could tell them are the Ashaman who they super don't trust, right? Right, yeah. Who might actually might... go crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Feels fine to me, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go eat some poop. Yeah, but we also find out during this series of scenes that the Ashaman that they bonded are effectively slaves. Yeah, like, that like was there's, rough. There's this oh, one, yeah. There's one bit where Maris has who has bonded Jahar says that Rand gave him like a, a dragon to rank him up and she took it away from him because she, he shouldn't get used to accepting things that aren't from her hand. Which yeah. that, that to me, the needle just went all the way back to 100% evil. These people yeah. are bad news. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that to me, that was like Suldam Damane behavior. Like that, that, that she was mm-hmm. talking like a Suldam at that point. I was like, nah, fuck that, man. Yeah, like, like Jahar's a, a slave now. Like he's, that Rand cannot trust anybody who would do this sort of thing. 
or at least they're yeah if he's not a slave they are using manipulation manipulation and like mind washing tactics to like try and break his spirit or whatever you know right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it Rand definitely can't trust jahar now uh, yeah unfortunately yeah Who, who's been a uh that's narishma right is he i can't i can never remember yeah that's There's that's narishma lot. i think okay because dashiva was, was the was the, the, the forsaken yeah uh yeah. and yeah yeah um narishma was the one who he trusted to go get the the sword for him right yeah, right. Yeah, but now he can't trust him because because he's been made a mind slave. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But also, while they're watching Lan uh, beat up Narishma over and over again because Narishma doesn't learn his lesson, Nynaeve is there cheering for him. Yeah, she yeah, is. she is. It was, awesome. it was it was actually really interesting seeing Nynaeve from Cad Swain's perspective because I forget how young Nynaeve is because she acts, you know how she does but uh but Catherine was like oh there's that little girl over there watching you know oh she's heart sick or you know like kind of talking shit or whatever i was like yeah, yeah. i guess i is pretty young you know compared to everyone else yep she's only got a couple years on Egwene, right yep which makes her a baby compared to cat swain mm-hmm. yeah. speaking of we get some hints about cat swain's background and her what i'm going to call hair angriol that's good so they they are like magic things and they do they all have various different functions which even she doesn't know all about them yeah i was uh, that was interesting to me when she said oh i you know i don't know what all what all of them do where did where did she get them because she even mentions that she i think she said she quote unquote has to had to earn them and i don't even i don't know what that means right and she there's this brief mention of like you know if i was 50 years younger than Norla would would have still been living at that house in the Black Hills or something. So, I don't know. I get this vague idea that maybe she's part of some tradition of Aes Sedai that are outside the White Tower, and she got these Herongriol from from someone, like from like someone that gave them to her, or she earned them from them, and that they have that she has actually has access to knowledge that the Aes Sedai do not. That's that's what it sounded like, but yeah, I mean, Cat Swain is legendary to Aes Sedai, but to us, she's more or less a mystery. We don't right. know why she's legendary, right? Yeah. Just that she's super old. Right. Which is yeah, interesting because, you know, the thing that makes them not get that old is the three oaths. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't, do we ever hear from Cat Swain's perspective, her thinking like, I would like to say this, but I can't because of the three oaths. No, I don't think so. Does she ever think of them at all? Interesting. I don't yeah. know. She's screaming Black Aja at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I'm I I am not convinced one way or the other about Cat Swain for sure. Uh she could definitely be Black Aja. Like I could imagine this these hair angriol, she got them from maybe not a Black Aja, maybe just a channeling dark friend, like a a, a line of dreadlords or whatever that have been hiding out since the Trolloc Wars or whatever. Uh, that's mm-hmm. true. We know at least one of those hair on Grial is for detecting men who can channel. So that's that's something. Yep. So Cat Swain finally gets to Rand, who is guarded by Olivia. And uh, Rand has got some weird connection with Olivia. Yeah, I, I I mean, I I think we know what this is. So Olivia is obviously a, a Damane that was freed by Rand. That's that's like one big thing. Uh, yeah. She was one of the ones that... that uh, she, he captured in the the guerrilla warfare up in the mountains, right? Right, yeah. And but and, but Min has seen that Olivia will help him die. Yeah, so that but in a positive like a, way. There's a prop, some prophetic connection between them as well, and that's yeah. I don't. I guess we don't know a lot about that, but yeah, I I think what's going on is Rand knows what that means at this point, but we don't. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So Catswain is still determined to manipulate Rand, um, and she still treats him like a child with. Utter disrespect. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Rand talks about the Sean Chen here, and I, 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 this made me roll my eyes a little bit. Rand is like, the thing about the Sean Chen is that when they lose, they think about why they lost. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, seriously? Like, that's, yeah, and well, she's like, yeah, yeah, some of the greatest generals in the world do that. And I was like, that, that, is that it? <laughs> right, really, that's that's that, what right? makes those five guys the greatest generals is they, they think about why they lost. <laughs> Okay, guys. I mean, that seems like, kind of obvious to me, but whatever. Okay, Rand, when one of your sheep gets out of the pen, 
Do you think about how it got out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just put it back in the pen and hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That 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 struck me as pretty funny. But I, I guess our takeaway is that Sean Chen is next up on Rand's list of things to yeah. do. But then they get some sudden news. The sisters' warders are coming unexpectedly. Chapter 24, A Strengthening Storm, Icon of the Black Aja. So Rand is hanging out, recovering with men. He's still kind of weak from his super-duper channeling. Yeah, they're doing some snuggles, which is nice. Yeah. And Luce Theron is still there, chatting chatting away in his head. Yeah, and Rand and Luce Theron, they're kind of bros now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're getting along a lot better, you know? And it's, and the, you know, I get it. Rand's having a hard time. He doesn't have any friends anymore. It's nice to have that friend in his head who's always there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what do you think, Luz Theron? And Luz Theron's like, well, I think you should have killed them all a long time ago. And I think you should kill them all right now. All right. Thanks, Luz Theron. <laughs> That's a good perspective. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so Bashir and Loghain have arrived. And they both want to chat with Rand. A dragon's work is never done. Yep. And he's Rand is still having this weird sickness when he starts channeling. So I guess the cleansing didn't fix that. He's also seeing a weird face in his mind. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what's going on here. Because, yeah, even though he's getting sick, Lucerin thinks that Sidon is clean. Like Lucerin, his head is like, oh, it's clean and pure again, you know, which is a big deal. It's a game changer. Yeah. But Rand is still getting this like this this channeling sickness. So I don't yeah, I don't know what that's about. Right, and I, maybe it's connected with that face he keeps keeps seeing, and some kind of, I, I don't know. I have no idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Luce Theron is getting pushier. Apparently, he mentions that he's having more trouble controlling Luce Theron, and he's noticing more like thought bleed over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was always my theory that Luce Theron was just the insanity in his brain, and that Rand had manufactured this person, and that it wasn't actually, you know, Luce Theron's soul. Hard to say. Hard to oh, say. I mean, like, yeah. he could, he, it could also be that he's already been so damaged by his previous exposure to massive amounts of channeling the taint that, oh, yeah. uh, that he's just like, he's already, he already too channel, far gone. Like, more than anyone's ever channeled before or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But we get a surprise because, in addition to the people that have arrived, it's Loyal. Yeah. Aww. Aww. That was nice. Hey, yeah, Loyal shows up. Rand just needs to get Matt and Perrin here, and they'll ha- have a proper reunion. Oh, and they could bring Moraine. Maybe not. Maybe well, not. I mean, I'm sure oh. they could bring her in a bucket of some kind. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a bubble of like portal goo in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Moraine's here. Cool. <laughs> but Loyal's been busy. He's been doing good. Yeah, he's been he's doing his job. He went to all the steadings on this side of the ocean, except mm-hmm. for one steading, uh, right. Shanghai. Right, yes. The except for his mom steading. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh the mission was partially successful. They got some of the OGR to agree to watch the Waygates. Yeah, this is something that hadn't occurred to me, but like now that they've cleansed Sidin, I wonder if that's gonna make any difference to the ways. Because I mean Machin Shin was a product of the, the corruption bleeding into the ways, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I, well I wonder, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it might not necessarily because you know, as as is the case with Shadar Logoth, sometimes these evil things become their their they become entities in their own right. So it could be that Machin Shin is like just there now, but right. it yeah, could also be that they could it's already programmed into the ways. Yeah, and so it, it's a wonderful reunion with Loyal. Everyone is happy to see him. He warns Rand about what the Ashaman have been doing with their uh, quote unquote wives. Yeah, which mm-hmm. uh, to be clear, like I think it's cool and all that you know they're they're creating these bonds, but I do still think that bonding without permission is bullshit, and it is doesn't matter true. who's doing it. So we cut to Samitsu who reports to Cad Swain, and Cad Swain thinks she knows what Rand intends, but uh, it's very dangerous. And then Rand meets with Logan and Bashir. Uh, Rand is super angry about the bonding. Um, and Loghain warns him about Tame. Like, dude, dude, what about Tame? <laughs> yeah. And, like, all of us reading these books are like, dude, what about Tame, Holy man? Holy shit, Come, yeah. Dude, Tame is 
clearly, clearly something. Dude, this this guy's so shady. <laughs> yeah. He really needs to do something about this. And Logan's like, dude, you really need to do something like this about this. And Rand's like, add it to the list, man. I got, <laughs> right. I got a lot of shit going on over here. <laughs> I gotta say, Rand, an army of half-insane murder wizards is a lot of fun, but it's also a big responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We told you you couldn't get the murder wizards unless you walk them and you feed them every day. <laughs> I just feel like you haven't been <laughs> taking good care of your murder wizards. <laughs> and Bashir warns Rand about the thieves that have been attacking him and Dobrain looking for the seals to Dark One's prison. <sighs> okay. And I, and I was like, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. Because when, when this happened originally, I, I remember thinking, I wonder what they're after. What could they be at? Of course it's the seals. Uh, would you believe that it's been so long since we've read about them that I forgot? I completely forgot about the seals. Yeah. <laughs> like they just weren't even a thing anymore, right? Uh, you know, so that should tell you how long it's been since they were brought up. But yeah, I totally forgot about the seals of the Dark Ones prison, which, uh, you know, from a plot perspective are pretty important, I, assu I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I assume, you know? <laughs> and they're down to three or four, right? Well, I think they, they know that three are broken. They have three and one's missing somewhere. Yeah, so there are three or four remaining uh, on the Dark Ones prison, which is right. not, not ideal. Yeah, that's not a good ratio. Yeah. So, But Rand says, I hear you're telling me about all these like serious problems that need immediate attention, but what if I do something completely different? <laughs> yeah, I love, that. I love how he puts it. He's like, what did you say, Davram? If your enemy shows you two choices, he's like, you pick the third one. He's like, that's what I'm doing. And Davram's like, what? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. You three are going to negotiate a truce with the Sean Chan. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I do not. Uh, and I got to say, I don't feel great about this because, and let me be very clear here, fuck the Sean Chan. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> They're a bunch of slavers. You don't want to be friends with them. That's fine. Whatever. I okay. guess. So this is, I think this is the idea. This is where we've been going with these books. The Sean Chan are colonizing. There's no getting rid of them. We're going to have to learn to live with them. Yeah, I think Robert Jordan's been warming us up to the fact that we're going to have to make friends with him. But I am not I am not really a fan, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, I get it. What can you do about the Shan Shen? There's so many of them. They're already here. You can't kill them all, probably. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. you don't know till you try, right? <laughs> that, that is true. He, he came on real strong with them from the beginning, though. Like, he immediately established them as being, like incredibly evil basically this like just fundamentally rotten society so i don't understand how he expects us to be able to get over that i do right. believe i Agreed. did mention in this episode the Egwene arc where she is tortured for you know f for several days i just feel like that's uh you know that's kind of a deal breaker you know that's me yeah i don't know yeah it seems like i mean truce truce is just a truce right they're not it's not an alliance you know it doesn't mean necessarily that they're giving up but it does seem to be heading in that direction. That's mm -hmm. my concern. Yeah. Just forget about the whole slavery thing. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? Like maybe once the news gets out that the Suldam can channel also, it'll just tear their whole society apart and they won't be slavers anymore. And they'll free the other slaves too. Yeah, because uh, remember, it's happen. not just channelers that they enslave; it's also normal people. Remember, uh, remember that uh, that queen that is now a mindless slave that they make enter take what is it entertaining the poses panarch. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. not the right. queen, the panarch. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah, come on. Matt. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, fine. yeah, but of course she's traveling with Julian now. Matt now. Yeah, that Matt is true. Julian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, okay, so just thinking about it right now. It occurs to me that there is a an analogy here between the founding of America and what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's two societies, one of which is slave-based, one of which is not. And they come to a compromise to create a country that, you know, we can probably agree is a pretty good one. But also Mostly. there was slavery, which was really, really bad. And it was not a peaceful uh, compromise in the long run. Yeah, I, it, it seems like it could be messy. You know, on, on the other hand, though, okay, so Rand does mention that, in, leading into, into this chapter, Rand mentions that the Shan Shan are adaptable and they, they, they'll change as necessary. And we do have Tuan traveling with Matt, and theoretically she she has the power to, like, make sweeping changes to Shan Shan society, theoretically. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that's how that's going to play out is... I really hope so, because if it's just 
well, we've made peace with the Shanshan, and those are just the slave areas right there. And it's just like the Jeffersonian founding of America, right? Free, free gentlemen landholders working their own field, and, and the federal government gets out of their way, and it's okay if they're slaves yeah. because the slaves like being slaves. Yeah, that, uh, if it goes in that direction, I will be very unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I really I hope Robert Jordan will. won't do that to us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope not. I really hope not. So we cut to uh, Elza, who I don't even remember who that is, but she's one of the Black Aja who has sworn to uh, obey Rand. She meets with her dark friend Warder, who's just a guy who likes to kill people a lot. Yeah, I know. It, 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 like Ezra is thinking really emphatically, man, I'm really super Black Aja. Oh, man, I'm so evil. And then her water's, and then she's like, and my water likes to kill. I guess he's evil too. Yeah. I was like, okay, we right. get it. We get it, that's, guys. That's pretty much all that happens because she, she's still, whatever happened to, whatever Viren did to her is still in effect and she still wants to get Rand to the last battle. But she thinks it's so that the Great Lord can defeat him. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. She, uh, she was the one who was outside the door along with, um, What's her name? Uh, the former Shan Chen. With Olivia. Olivia, yeah. So she was the other one outside the door. And they, they keep thinking to, themsel to themselves, wow, it's really wild how uh, how she's so devoted to Rand or or really seems intent on like getting him to Tarman Gaiden. It's like, oh, okay. So that he can fight the... <laughs> so he yeah. can lose to the Great Lord is what she's thinking. Well, we have a question from a fan. Oh, boy. Oh, cool. Let's, let's hear yeah. it. Yeah. Rob. Uh, he, he had a fun question for us. If you were a channeler in Brandland and you had to join one of these organizations, which of them is the least bad? You can choose from <laughs> becoming a novice in the White Tower and getting shown visions of all your friends dying, hmm. becoming a soldier in the Black Tower and inevitably going insane, becoming an apprentice windfinder on board a Seafolk ship and getting strung from the sails by your toes, <laughs> becoming an apprentice wise one and being made to walk naked through the desert or becoming a domine and having your free will completely taken away. Yikes. <laughs> I guess oh. the, yeah. none of those are, I see what you mean. None of those are excellent options. No. I think for me, probably I'd go wise one. Cause like walking naked through the desert, that's like a good time for me anyway. Right. What? I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's what? a good day. What? You're crazy. Yeah, sure. You know, just, uh, yeah. Sounds like the wise ones like are the time. second worst after the, you know, Mind slaves. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it sucks dealing with the wise ones, but I don't know if it sucked to be a wise one, right? I I don't know. It seems like they got so much, so much of their like annoying culture about what you can do and what you can't do, and there's I don't know. But like, okay, what's, what's maybe you're right? Maybe it's the, that's the less least bad. I mean, I don't like the Ashaman one because I don't much like rigid hierarchies. That's not mm -hmm. fun for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like a novice so I mean, the the sea folk one would not work for you either right absolutely i i don't think that i don't think that that would be my first choice because I, I don't like mm -hmm. being ordered around do any of those not have rigid hierarchies i feel like I, of those i feel like the wise ones had the least rigid hierarchies as well right maybe well i was gonna go with white tower actually i think be a novice in the white tower uh -huh. because it seems like although they're they do have a hierarchy it does it feels less arbitrary you know, because mm -hmm. once you, you know, you at first you're a novice. That makes sense. You don't know anything. Once you are a black belt and you can you can channel reliably, you become an accepted. You go to grad school, right? Yeah. And then you become an Aes Sedai, and then you're sort of on your own. You just go do Aes Sedai things. That's a good point. Like that, I will say that what for for all the crappy things about being in the White Tower, once you become Aes Sedai, you can do kind of whatever the fuck you want, right? And one of like the the customs, if not laws, I think Egwene thinks about that a lot. That yeah. you don't you don't mess with another Aes Sedai's plans because, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah, that definitely seems like the best one to me. It's reasonable to restrict people when they're young so they don't burn themselves out or blow up or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that's the, the, the least bad to me. And the visions of seeing you guys die, I'm willing to accept that. Yeah, I, I just assume you think about that all the time anyway, Jeff. <laughs> right. Or becoming a soldier in the Black Tower inevitably going insane because, you know... The taint is clean, so that's true. That's, yeah. a good, point. that's good then, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Alice? Which one would you pick? I, you could you could get fun insane, right? Oh, that's true. There are the good kinds of insane, you know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right, you know, I just, everything looks kinds. like rainbows, and everything I eat tastes like chocolate. Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, so, I'll take that one then. He's like, he's chewing on rocks a lot. I don't know. <laughs> it tastes like chocolate, guys. <laughs> 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 
Would you be would, like would, an Oompa Loompa? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Look, I don't know what it's like to go insane from the one power, but I wouldn't want to limit myself, Alice. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so what, which one would you pick? Oh, I would... I would probably go with um, being a novice in the White Tower. Like like you said, like you get to kind of go off and do your own thing after that. You have to put up with a few years of bullshit, but I, I would basically do anything besides be an apprentice wise one just because I don't want to ever have to spend time with those people ever. <laughs> a lot of hate for the wise ones. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're the worst. I, I really yeah. despise them. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to modify my answer. Be a okay. novice in the White Tower, but only until uh-huh. I get to the point where I go through the arch that shows me the paradise world where I get everything I want, and then I stay there. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? Oh, man, that's right. Yeah, they don't know what happens to those people, right? They mention that sometimes sisters just don't come out. Maybe it's yeah. because they're found in their paradise world, and they're like, fuck this, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They live the rest of Tourney. But that's that's what Nynaeve showing showed us, right? Uh, What do you mean? Well, when she went and she like saw that she could live in this world with Lan and have his babies. Well, it, it may be that when you turn off the machine, they just like delete you or something, right? It just goes away. Maybe. I mean, it could be, but not necessarily. Also, keep in mind that when, you, when you're going through those arches, you haven't yet sworn the oaths. So that means you can do whatever, you can really do whatever you want, you know? Oh, That's like the true, sweet yeah. spot. Mm, oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 25 through 28 of Crossroads of Twilight. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Micah Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we may answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club, where you can find out about our other podcasts. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illuminates you. you.